Happy Saturday to you, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. We're listening to the... It is the best day of the week. Um, Ironically, Sundays are the most depressing for me, and I love the idea of Sunday relaxing and all that, but since I was a kid, it's always going back to school the next day, and that's like ruined Sundays for me. It's the or Sunday work. dreads. I mean, yeah, the Sunday dreads. You're, you start counting down, I'm like, well, now it's this many hours till reality. And... I know, it's sad. And then I'll stay up really late Sundays just to like soak in every drop of the weekend. So it'll be like one in the morning. Should have been in bed hours before, but I'm like, nah, you know what? Another hour sounds good. Another hour of freedom. And I always hate myself Monday morning. You pay for it on Mondays for sure. Yeah, like evening Clark doesn't care for morning Clark and vice versa. Evening Clark is fun, wants to stay up. Morning Clark is kind of like, you know what? I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to make you pay. You're going to be up late tonight doing work. Yeah. You're listening to the podcastle. Tweet us at the underscore podcastle. We welcome back to the show for Set Jet or Saturdays, the great, the legendary. Robert Patterson, author and blogger of the website set-jetter.com. A, are you a cinephile, Robert? Um, you know, I used to think I was. I know my, my minor was in film studies in college. And then uh, I think I've just... It's, it's hard now to keep up with the amount of content out there to really call myself a cinephile. Um, but, but yeah, a film lover, I would say. I like film lover better. better. You are you are a big film guy though. Like you know your stuff. I did like you posted. I encourage the listeners to check out the Instagram page uh, at Set Jetter or the website. But you posted Christmas Vacation, one of the best Christmas films ever this week. Yes, is it twenty one years old? Which is crazy to think. I remember seeing it live in the theater, or not not live, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you did. Did you really? You saw it theatrically? Oh yes. Uh, yep. So. It was hard because I remember, so Vacation, obviously, that was a big hit. And then European Vacation was kind of a little flimsy, you know. It kind of felt a little bit false. Yeah. And so Christmas Vacation, I remember you kind of went in just for kind of a fun uh, uh, kind of movie. And who knew that it would just become one of the Christmas standards of uh, all these years. I know. Uh, it's just such a good film. Is, is Johnny Galecki in European Vacation? No, uh, that's J- uh, Jason, somebody. I can't remember his name. Yeah, so the, the kids always change. You know, right. Rusty, uh, Ethan Embry playing them in uh, Vegas Vacation. Yeah, that's right. Fun with that. Uh, what, what, what store was it? H&M or something like that? Uh, they had the Vacation cast, and they had both oh, yeah. and stuff like that, which I thought, to me, it was always just weird. I mean, when those universes collide... It's kind of like when they did uh, Road Rules and Real World uh, in the same, were doing the kind of versus things in MTV. And I was like, oh, they can't. These are two, two things that have never been together. Yeah. I, I, did they change the kids because they age like five years apart or something? I think so. And then they kind of alternate where in Christmas Vacation, uh, Audrey. Johnny Galecki's in Christmas Vacation. What's that? John Galecki's in Christmas Vacation. Correct. Yep. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. John, yeah, Johnny Galecki and Juliette Lewis, which obviously, you know, they both went on to become uh, even bigger than that. So, and, and Julia Louise Dreyfus is in it. Yes, Margot. Margo. I don't know, Margot. Margot. I couldn't be more surprised if I woke up and my head was sewed onto the carpet. <laughs> oh, it, so many lines in that movie, and just 
the relatives, E.G. Marshall, Diane Ladd, I mean, as the grandparents, they just, they get so many things right in that movie that I think that's why it holds up. Hey, I would, I saw Chevy Chase during his like little tour, speaking tour last December for Christmas. It was a screening of Christmas Vacation. Were you there by any chance? No, no. How was he? (laughs) Because I figured you, uh, well, he's a grumpy guy. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. The moderator was horrible. I don't think she knew who Chevy Chase was, let alone seen his film. She was a, she, let me get this right. She was an Infinity or Sirius XM. She was some kind of um, satellite radio like model for the commercials. I, I feel like somebody canceled and she probably came in last minute, but her she was so bad. Her questions were literally like, uh, so when you shot looking at cards, <laughs> European Vacation, did, would you do that a movie like that again? I mean, they were a step down from who was like the second deep. Who was who, what, what did you eat on the set of this movie? <laughs> it was so bad. And she she asked one time, she's like, would you ever work with John Candy again? John Candy's been <laughs> dead since 1993. Um, but he's such a horrible guy to work with, I've heard. But yeah. I, I feel like in his defense, he, he would have been like, you could have got me anything, anybody better than this. Like, it, it was yeah. really bad. Oh, for sure. So it wasn't. It, it was fun to see him for five minutes, but it was it was painful to watch. I'd be more interested because I think was that the same one with the, the rest of the cast was there. I saw pictures last year with Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki, Diane Ladd, Beverly. That would have been fun. No, this that. is just him. Gotcha. Well, I, I'm just lucky I got to see the house because the house is on the Warner Brothers Ranch, oh. which is not open to the public. Oh yeah. But, um, I was able to to get over there uh thanks to the invite of a of a friend a few years ago so and the ranch might be, uh, we might be losing the ranch too i think warner brothers is talking about selling it and i think adding oh, more no. condos to burbank just what they need just what we need more housing developments that are expensive uh but i do like the shots i'm looking at them right now it, where did you meet um juliet lewis is that at sundance yeah that was at sundance film festival so oh that's cool she, I mean, it's and obviously she has such a unique voice. Just it, it as because sometimes I have those weird moments where you just hear her and she's, you know, when Juliet, it's Juliet Lewis talking in Juliet Lewis voice to you. Natural and born so, killers. Yeah, and I like that she's all. Obviously, it was winter, so I tried to find a winter matching shot with her. Yeah, it looks. She'll, you did a good job. See the tree later. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me if it was fun, Chevy Chase. Did you do you assume that it was? A miserable experience. I've heard he's a big a hole, so I just kind of assume that going in. <laughs> That's kind of the thing is you always hear about how difficult he was to work with, and I, I read into this. It was an article not too long ago. It was in like Variety or the Hollywood Reporter or something of somebody that worked with him, and apparently he is as bad as they say. Like, like tried to get people fired if they didn't agree with him. He would be very adamant about again, just what I read. It might not be true. Yeah. But very adamant about like, well, I'm going to say it this way. I know best. And just uh, Chris Columbus, who directed Home Alone, was supposed to direct Christmas Vacation and had such a bad experience on the first day with Chevy Chase that he's like, I'm not going to, I can't do this. And he walked out. I don't know who directed Christmas Vacation. You would know. I do not either. That's a good question. I'm going to guess it is, I'm not going to guess. I'm going to tell you, it's directed by... Jeremiah Checklick. I do not know who that is. I'm sorry. Never heard of him. 
But yeah, Chris Columbus was supposed to do it, and that was because John Hughes wrote it, and then John Hughes also wrote Home Alone, so he got uh, Christopher Columbus for that. Gotcha. I think he wrote Home Alone. I know he produced it. Well, I don't know. Still, still, uh, st- still, a good classic. movie, and still an, an annual favorite of many families. It is a staple, and they are selling right now at Home Depot. Christmas Vacation, Airblown. You know that. You know the cover of the um, I, film where I he's did, electrocuted. I saw that, and Elf ones too. I saw. Are you gonna Are you gonna purchase that for your yard? I don't think so. We <laughs> we just moved into this new house, and we're like, oh, everything's nice. Nobody else is decorated. Well, actually, I should take that back because there's only seven houses in our neighborhood right now. <laughs> I don't even know if you celebrate Christmas. I just assumed. We do. There, there's no, we have two cats, so there's no Christmas tree right now uh, because one of the cats wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of minor Christmas where uh, we have a Charlie Brown, like a three foot Charlie Brown out, um, a minion, nice. and something else. I can't remember. Just low key Christmas decorations. But my what sister is a one? huge elf fan. So I oh, thought yeah. about kind of getting that uh, kind of for the yard. Actually, I bought her an actual elf from the movie. Um, you know, the last scene in the movie where he is reading to kids and they have elf buddy dolls. Yes. Um, so I bought one of those oh, props. Oh, that's cool. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Bye, Mr. Norwal. That is one of her favorite movies. So it's a but classic. we can't leave that out because the, it's it's uh it's a prop, so it's kind of fragile. It's not made to be kind of messed around with, and like I think the cat's already bit out part of its hair. So we're trying to figure <laughs> out a way to uh, <laughs> keep it safe. Play it. Yeah. yeah. Um. The, we want to get into today, I just want to tease the listeners. Today we're going to be bringing you a special debate. Sigourney Weaver versus Jamie Lee Curtis. Two on-screen legends, heroines of the finest level, 10th degree. Um, best known for, arguably, Jamie Lee Curtis, the Halloween franchise. Sigourney Weaver, the Aliens franchise. They've each done many great movies in between. Um but I want to pose to you. Am I rushing this? Do you want to stay on vacation yeah, a little bit? Yeah. No, we're good. What are you, pound for pound, what are your thoughts on Sigourney Weaver versus Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, yeah, and it's weird because we, you do begin to merge them with their characters a little bit. So Yeah. So I'll start with Jamie Lee because obviously Halloween's my favorite movie and Laurie Strode is probably my favorite character. And, and I think I, I wanted to change my name to Laurie Strode. I don't know if I... Mentioned that before. I was gonna. Ch- I wanted to change my oh, name to should. Lauren. Yeah, Lauren L O R E N Strode. So I could. So oh. people could call me Laurie for short. So like that, Loren. That, that's how big of a fan I was. So you should do it. Um. But and what I get like, to go back. I guess what got me thinking about or us talking about uh, was uh, I was watching you again uh, with which had Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Lee Curtis. I was like, I remember yeah. at the time. I'm like, wow, these two ultimate uh, kind of horror sci fi icons in one movie together i'm like can you imagine just being an afternoon on the set with those two i just i just couldn't even imagine i never saw that movie it's pretty fun i still the comedy right i I might have yeah well the thing is about for both of them is obviously they're known for their 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 horror sci-fi and and their kind of uh, tentpole franchises but they're both in great comedies, and they both have great comedy skills. And, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis in Freaky Friday. Um, her True, True Lies is an action film, but her, her best Classic. parts are just uh, how funny she is. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
in it. And then same thing with Sigourney Weaver. I think about her and uh, kind of America her, Sweethearts. Uh, what was the one with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt? Heartbreakers. <laughs> That's played, the one I'm thinking of. Heartbreakers. Yeah, Heartbreak. Yeah, con yeah she's funny. Um, they're they're both funny in this. Uh, Working Girl. Um, it's a drama, but she's just super funny in it. Oh yeah, that's a great um, flick. But yeah, so and I think there's just something I was like, obviously they're pretty versatile actors, actresses. Um, I think so. Uh, Gorillas in the Mist too. Um, not funny in that, but it shows a good range of Sigourney Weaver. She, Ghostbusters. Actually, I still say a funny line from that movie. Me and my sister, we both say, "Me, Idis, let's go." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whenever we leave the door, I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome though that you make that reference. Yeah. That's a good uh, flick. That's an underrated flick. I know it, a lot of people don't think so, but it's it's good. It it's is. a sad story I, too. Here, she was nominated. I think for, she was nominated for best actress for *Gorillas in the Mist* in that same year, best yeah. supporting actress for *Working Girl*, and I think she won Golden Globes for both, if I remember right, for that. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, for at that same time, but Diane Fossey. I I think it's a tough, it's a tough discussion to have to pinpoint because on one hand. You have, you have Sigourney Weaver and Aliens with all the flamethrowers and toys. But without that, though, how tough would she be? <laughs> I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis really didn't have anything until later on. And she kind of kept getting away and surviving. But if you gave her the flamethrower, I mean, it's interesting. My, my money would be on Sigourney Weaver, though. I just think she, she, she did kind of get scared in, in the Alien films and back down a little bit. To be the only one left, blowing up a ship and running through it with this creature around, you know, and then going back into an aliens, going back into like the hive, or whatever you call it, where the you know the eggs were, yeah, and for that little girl, like that's pretty badass. And Jamie Lee Curtis though survived Michael Myers like eight times, many many times. So they do both. Scorney goes back for the cat, Jonesy, and and Jamie Jamie Lee goes back for the kids. Of course, the right. And Jones. I do remember, so I, I was a big laser disc person. And oh, so, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. And I remember the Aliens laser disc was the first time they had the alien, the long, I, I think they called it the director's cut. Yeah. And that's where they had those scenes where uh, Sigourney Weaver finds out that her daughter died. Yeah. Uh, in the 57 years uh, uh, that she had been and gone. And it does resonate better for her character, that whole movie, to, to think this is why she kind of is kind of uh, protecting Newt and and kind of has that kind of motherly aspect for sure. But but yeah, it's right. funny that, so 78, 79, I think Aliens was 79, Halloween was 78. They yeah. both kind of have these same beats. Uh, uh, yeah. They are the, the final girls, for lack of a better word. And uh, they're just kind of forced in the corner and have to to do battle, get rid of the bad guy. Definitely. And you have to talk about, like at the time, for Jake, because Halloween is pretty much the first slasher film, if I'm not mistaken, and it it wasn't common to have female leads be the hero in movies at that time. You know what I mean? There was, of course, movies were the lead actress, but to have like a strong female character in the lead uh, to, that you know wins in the end, it was yeah. was pretty rare. It's, they're they're both landmark films, I think, in that regard. And I hope I'm not remembering this. I hope I'm remembering correctly because I, I want to say that I think 
uh, Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley was supposed to be written as a man in the original script. And I think quickly it became, they switched it to female. And then there's oh. rumors that, that Veronica Cartwright was supposed to have that role. And then they gave it to Sigourney Weaver. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Not quite last minute, but. Because Veronica, uh, Cartwright, Veronica Cartwright knew she would be doing The Simpsons 10 years later. Was that her? No, that's a different. Oh, somebody else? Yeah. And that's did our, did IQs Cartwright just suddenly drop since I've been gone? Uh, you're just going to get, you're going to get all these comments criticizing my lack of movie knowledge. <laughs> no, I love it. No, no, I, I, I quoted that because you, you say you still quote that, uh, that line from Alien, Aliens, right? That IQ suddenly drop since I've been gone? Yeah, I do still say that. Do you do I it am, at work? I told you. It's not yet. <laughs> I think we should always revert to Aliens quotes. Like, uh, well, how long has the email been in there? Has no one discussed this with you? 57 years. What? That's impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. It's, it's a day. But I just feel like uh, it's so quotable. And I do love, uh, well, that you can just kiss that goodbye with yeah. that like New York kind of. Yeah, I can never twang. quite get that same uh, reflection to throw paper and stuff like that. If Waylon Utani were a company today, they would be working on a vaccine for COVID-19. Yes. Amongst well, other things. I, I do have, as much as I want a vaccine, I do have, I'm like, this is the beginning of a horror movie. There's always that, uh, the horror movie restarts that this happened and there was a vaccine and they little known until 20 years later that the vaccine would cause this in, in people. So Yeah, it's I Am Legend. Is that what it is? Okay. I mean, that was, that it, that that was one of the backdrops. I Am Legend and The Omega Man and Last Man on Earth, which are the same movie, or movies from the same book. It was a vaccine that, at least in I Am Legend, it turned them into like zombies. Supposed to save us. Supposed to save us. What's your uh, policy on if you took Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2018 versus Sigourney Weaver in Alien 3? A little vulnerable, knows she's preggers with the, uh, yeah. the embryo. Well, Sigourney can certainly rock a shaved head, for sure. Oh, she, she tore it up in that. That's the... As many f- faults as... Are in, Obviously, Alien 3 has many weak spots, um, but the aesthetics and the kind of the uh, almost sepia-toned visuals and, and the way she looks, I think, is a great film. And, and David Fincher, of course, went on to do even better things. So oh, I'm a huge yeah. Madonna fan, as you know. So uh, at the time, he was best known for, uh, or one of his best works was uh, Madonna's Express Yourself video. So I remember oh, when cool. I was watching Alien Three, I would see lot. It seemed I saw some. I felt like some references to that uh, "Express Yourself" video, which of course was based on uh, Metropolis. Um, that kind of yeah, thing, kind of the way it looked, and cause they had the big long arches, and there's obviously it was all men and one woman, uh, just like uh, the video, and just like and so I thought I, I oh. kept seeing a lot of parallels. I remember when I was watching that. Oh, that's so cool! I never put that together. Yeah, the, there's there's great visuals in Alien Three. Well, it's like not the 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 franchise. It's also not the worst. Um, it it does have cool visuals like the Prisoner Planet and like the mess halls and it's just so I don't know. It's a it's a creepy kind of backdrop for for a film. I I always call I always call Alien a Friday night movie and Aliens a Saturday afternoon movie. Ooh, I can get on board with that. Because Alien's more of a psychological thriller, where Aliens is a, more of an action movie. Yeah, 
it's definitely a roller coaster. In space, nobody can hear you scream. I don't. What's the tag? This time it's war. I think is the. I think so. And the Alien Three tagline is, um, "We need. We're doing this for the money." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still like the artwork for Alien Three the best, though, of like the green embryo going in a circle. Yep. I saw that on a. I was flipping through Amazon Prime last night looking for something to watch. Settled with Spy Game, but I saw Alien Three and I was like, "It's still cool artwork. It's still like yeah. cool art." And Alien Resurrection, it it had its moments for me as well, um, and it just, yeah. Same thing. It was just going, you know, diminishing returns, and and we we have expectations for it. You have either expectations that we want another alien or another aliens, and they always try to do a little bit of both, and then you're just not satisfied. Right. They need to pick something and go with it. I maybe I should watch Alien Resurrection again. I've only seen it once, like when it first came out, and I I hated it, so I never watched it again. But maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a whirl. It was Winona Ryder was in that too. Yes. I think and, what lost uh, me is when she's like, well, I'm already dead. He can't kill me. And you're like, oh. <laughs> okay. You, you do see a little bit of, because I know Sigourney asked for certain things. Like she, I think she had some wild ideas that she wanted to make sure happened. And so they kind of toned that back. Because I know she wanted, she was, I wanted to have, I want to make love to the alien and kind of, kind of do these type of, uh, almost felt like, almost like Marlon Brando requests. <laughs> oh yeah. Good point. Um, but uh, and you could see that in there. Obviously, she's in the uh, not quite the hive of you know all the aliens, and it's all slimy and and yeah. sexual. And, and I it's do the Friday the Thirteenth Part Ten of the series. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember being disgusted at with the uh, I don't I'm not sure what they call it. I call it the baby human alien or whatever it is that's at the end that's more skin based and it's just ugh. oh yeah yeah what was that thing I I can't remember what they ended up calling there is a name for it. Yeah, but anyway. I love Aliens though. It's a great franchise. I think uh, both strong female leads, both strong characters. Regardless, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I felt came into her own over the because uh, she was she was very like cocky actress before Halloween. That's what she even said. You know, like I had to play this like prissy little like innocent girl when really I was more like the other girls altogether. But I feel like she became stronger, and like where Sigourney Weaver was kind of absolute from the beginning. You know, she was the one that's like, "No, there's a quarantine. You're not getting back on the ship until 24 hours." Like she wasn't screwing around. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a, it's a good com- it's a good conversation to have. Tweet us at the underscore podcastle. Let the set jetter know what you think, and the first 20 people to tweet will get a free T-shirt of set jetter duck. No, that's not true. I don't, I can't back that up. I'll have to get my ironing board and and marker. And start doing uh, it. But yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, I think her strong point ended up being comedy. So Trading Places was her kind of big That's breakout a great flick. role, I think, or kind of mainstream. Oh, yeah. And then I think, uh, I think Fish Called Wanda is comedy gold. Oh, yeah. Kevin Klein. Yeah. She's part of an ensemble, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's where she kind of began to come into her own as a comedic actress. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. Sigourney Weaver was, uh, in the village too, uh, M Night oh. Show. You remember that? Yes, I love the village. I know village has a lot of haters. I love uh, it. One of my favorites. Me too. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. That twist, brilliant. With Judy Greer, who ended up playing Jamie Lee's daughter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good call. Good Vinny, call. Uh, 
any uh but six uh, we could we could do a, a six degrees of sigourney weaver uh, that's a good idea here i'm gonna throw one at you six degrees to sigourney weaver joe pesci and sigourney weaver See, when you put me on the spot, this is just my I ultimately fail. <laughs> you know what I think the key is? I always pick of like a big act. Like Joe Pesci was with Robert De Niro and Goodfellas. You can link Robert De Niro yeah. to, you know. I, I got it. Robert, Joe, do you, do you want to go first? You do it. You do it. Joe Pesci was in Goodfellas with Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro was in Analyze This with Harold Ramis, right? Because didn't he make a cameo? I know he directed it. Harold Ramis was in Ghostbusters with Sigourney Weaver. Uh, that's a pretty big if, though. I don't remember if he was actually in that. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's, that's writing a lot on Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. One of the, I think one of the first celebrities I ever got to meet. Did you meet him? I did. I was oh. 18, and I just graduated high school, and I was taking a workshop out at UCLA. Um, for, it was like a one-day, or no, I'm sorry, one-week media workshop. And so it was in between, before I started college, and... And so I had a week at UCLA and doing lots of different things. And that was my first college campus experience. So uh, I, I vividly remember that uh, when I went to my actual college, when I started college, it was, it was at Northwest Missouri State University, small town, small college. I was like, this isn't like UCLA at all. But uh, we got to see, uh, do a lot of different things. And, and Harold Ramis came and spoke to us. And I remember at the time, Caddyshack 2 just came out and he just says don't go see it i don't think he had anything to do with it but maybe right. he got the paycheck but he already knew how bad it was but don't go see but it yeah That's so, so cool. i have a picture of me of me and uh very tan and young uh robert with harold ramus oh wow what a, what an amazing experience to be able to met him while he was still here yeah oh absolutely he's a legend really truly just yeah, the work yeah, he's done yeah. comedy directing legend for sure Pretty amazing. Um, back to the back to Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Lee Curtis. I feel like if you took them and switched them in the other film, it would have been kind of disastrous. I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis would not really understand the. Nostromo. I mean, I'm talking about as they're not the actors, yeah. saying their characters would not be good on the Nostromo and. Sigourney Weaver would have gotten killed by Michael Myers pretty quick. She's not really walking around Haddonfield with a flamethrower. They probably would have gotten her. I've only seen the movie once, but I'm thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis's movie called Virus. And oh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of her version of Aliens. Uh, yes. But, and she, she talks about that as one of her most disastrous movies. I think she was trying to get rid of the director because uh, she knew it was just going awry. But that's kind of my picture. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't kind of quite fit. Um, it, that's the one where they find the abandoned ship, right? I think so. Yeah, I think I tried to watch that recently, and I had to like turn it off. It's it's not easy to get through for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I ever did finish it. It's um, Donald Sutherland's in that. Yeah, it has a good cast, and so that's where like I think obviously they attracted the right people, and something went something went wrong somewhere. Um, Was it trying to be like the Abyss? Well, I think it was past that time because we had a lot of somewhat abyss movies like leviathan and deep star six that that's a sick movie um, leviathan's nasty it's so gross it's uh <laughs> <laughs> that's one with um it's robocop yeah peter weller yeah 
I mean, it's a good. It's a. It's a, the idea is really cool. Like the Russian ship scuttles itself, and there was. I like like it's a, it's a good movie, I guess. But it, I remember, it was just like it was. It was like the thing. It was grotesque. I wonder if you can do the face switch, and you know, I wonder if you can switch Sigourney's face with Jamie Lee and these different movies and see see what it looks like. I think we. Can, I think that technology is there. I think we can do that. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to picture Sigourney Weaver uh, walking down with Annie and Lori after school. I can't picture it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. But it's Sigourney Weaver in Aliens as her. like Yeah. Same haircut and everything. I don't know. I, I, I could... What's that? I said I could kind of see it. but uh, Yeah. I, I, I would like to see her with Loomis. Like that interaction where she's kind of like, well, you can just kiss that goodbye. Well, that's the thing. She she could become the new. Oh, that she should have been the new Loomis. That would have been great. That would have been great. She should have been Doctor Sartain in Halloween twenty eighteen. Oh yeah. Don't don't you don't you feel like Loomis? Unless it's um, uh, what's the actor's name that played Loomis? In the, in the, Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Without if, if it's not him, you don't really like like the like the character. I'm kind of like ah, oh, it's not Donald Pleasance. They should have made it a female. Malcolm McDowell. What. <laughs> Yeah, he's a good actor, but I didn't like him as Loomis. No, they they could have took some risks, and uh, yeah, if you're gonna do a new kind of Loomis character, uh, you could have mixed it up, and this would have been the time to do it. Is like, why not have a more female centric? You know, why is it a male doctor again? Right. That yeah, that's what I think, and I I don't know. They they're just like, well, he kind of is balding with white hair on the side. Let let's get him down here for an audition. You know, Illinois. We got Danny DeVito. Joe Pesci is Dr. Sartain. Joe Pesci is Dr. Sartain. Yeah, I feel like they should have switched that up a little bit. Um, kind of like how Reginald Bell Johnson should have switched up his the roles he took in the late 80s, early 90s. He was always a cop. Ghostbusters, he was a cop. Family Matters, cop. Die Hard, cop. Turner and Hooch, cop. He just went from studio to studio in a police uniform. It was a paycheck. About a, what's that? It was a paycheck. Right, he's laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. But uh, I, I I can't imagine what it's like to to be an actor where you, you obviously you want to take uh, good roles, but you also this needs to be your living, and if you're out of the scene too much, you're out of the scene. You need to have a new career. I would do it if they were like, "Yo, you have to play a janitor, but you'll be in like ten movies." I'll be like, "Where's my mop? Let's do it!" Like, why not? Um, I think both Jamie Lee and Sigourney both all kind of uh, they end up embracing their their kind of status as well. So, and I think about Jamie Lee doing Scream Queens, uh, yeah, the series where she just kind of jumped right into the pool and said, "Yep, this is me." Um, Sigourney Weaver kind of did it in a couple of different ways because I think more in kind of uh, not quite cameo roles, but you know, uh, Cabin in the Woods and right. Uh, she was the computer voice in Wally and stuff like that. That she yeah she knew. She knew what she was bringing just by her presence. Yeah, she's cool. She, I think she's one of the best actresses ever. Uh, she is good in Cabin in the Woods, too. Yes. When she comes in, because you're like, it's Scorny Weaver. Like She knows yes. this. This is legit. <laughs> I get it. Uh, Vir- what are you, what's that? Vir- Virgin on the Sean Connery, where everything stops, because like, oh, it's Scorny Weaver on screen. You know? like, right, right, exactly. You weren't expecting her. I think that's why things kind of stop. That's a good parallel. It was like seeing Sean Connery and like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves at the end. You're like, oh, it's Sigourney Weaver. Or Bill Murray in Zombieland. 
Where yeah. he's like, I guess Garfield at regret. Where if it was a stage play, every you would there would be this uh, pause for applause because big oh, names yeah. uh, uh, walked onto the stage and they just kind of pause the scene a little bit as they uh, let that happen. Right, like they do at every sitcom, and there's a guest star. Yes, <laughs> like Full House. I remember one episode, Kirk Cameron came in, and they're always like, "Hey, how you doing?" And then they pause, and everyone's screaming, and you're like, "My, how the mighty have fallen!" So Scream. one of the worst noises that I hate. Um, oh. No offense to my sister, but I'll be in one room, and I'll hear there'll be some sitcom that she might be watching, <laughs> and just the every uh, seven and a half seconds of laughter, and then. Small giggles, then bigger laugh. It's just like it's like just grates on my nerves. Oh, it's bad. I agree. And and Family Guy made fun of this when there's like a biracial kiss or something in a sitcom, and everyone's like, "Ooh!" <laughs> they did a whole bit on that Family Guy. They're like songs from the art, you know, uh, soundtrack from the audience. You'll get things like biracial <laughs> kiss, ooh, sadness, oh. Oh. It's, it is bad. My friend had married with children on the other day for some reason. I was just like, and that seemed like it'd be almost the worst of, of it. Oh well, yeah, I don't know. It's just, that is bad. Do you like married with children? I barely. Re- I think I watched a season or two, and then, and it was funny because remember it was so risque at the time. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, uh, I'm sure mothers were um, boycotting and stuff like that, but yeah. I never. I I, th- I, I watched it as a kid, but. Um, my parents didn't want me to, and it wasn't, I don't know, I watched it recently because it was on, and it doesn't hold up well. It's just like a guy making sex jokes. Like, it wouldn't be made today, that that show. It's it's not like All in the Family, which was racy at the time, but yeah. it still holds up, even though they couldn't make a show like that today. I, I feel like uh, Married with Children didn't age well. No. I, I do, sitcoms, have you ever seen a sitcom taping? I have not. I don't have the patience to sit there for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, there, I've only seen a few, and I won't. I've only seen, I think, two for that reason. You're there for like six hours, and it's not what you. It's not what most people would think. Where you're watching the show, you're watching the same scene over and over and over again, and uh, it's very militant. Like you, you can't talk, which I, you know most people wouldn't do. I get it. But, like, you need to sit there. You can only get up, like, every three hours. I have ADHD. It's tough for me to sit still unless I'm interested. And uh, it's, it's kind of painful to do it's it. It's the bad restaurant chairs all lined up on platforms. It's not Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, no, it just seems, it's, it, I feel like I would hate the series just for having to, to sit through all that. So it's better to kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's better to just enjoy it. I, I took my brother last December to see the Connors because I was like, we'll go do a Hollywood thing. We mm-hmm. went to Warner Brothers and saw that. It was the day after the Christmas vacation and uh, Chevy Chase, and he didn't really know who Chevy Chase was because he's like 20, early 20s. He doesn't really know that movies. And then we saw the Connors. He didn't really know the show. So he's kind of like, what the hell are you doing taking me to see this stuff? <laughs> you know, he's like sitting for five hours watching. It's, Roseanne isn't there, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's, every, it's, like, it's John Goodman, which is cool. And, you know, everybody else, but it was so long. And I remember they, there was some problem on the set with a light or something, so it was even longer. So they bought, like, Jersey mics for everything. And I, I thought it was so cool that they did that because everywhere in L.A., do you have a gluten allergy? Do you have a food sensitivity? Do you have this? Do you have that? They just gave everybody a cheesesteak. It was like, if you don't want it, you're not eating. And I <laughs> was like, I love cheesesteaks. And my brother does, too. We're from Philadelphia. 
So I was like, that's pretty cool. But they didn't give the option of like, well, can I have this with that tomato? They're like, you're getting what we give you. And it happened to be delicious. So I was like, good for the Connors. Well, good for them. But um, And that's why when if I do go to shows, I don't mind like the talk shows or the late night ones because yeah, it's, it's still timely. I mean, you have the wait in line and blah, 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 blah. But the show starts and it's almost in real time to kind of get in and get out of there. Yeah, it works. The real time. And uh, it's not live, but they have to present it like it is. Uh, we saw Bill Maher, which is like that, which is really good. Um, my wife yelled at him when he came out. She goes, I love you, Bill. And he goes, I love you too. And then we, I think we watched that like seven times that week. We could be winding it. She's like, that's me. And then my buddy texted me. John, that I used to do the podcast with, was like, was that Jen? And I'm like, yep, that's the loud wife. The loud. Um, <laughs> I think I went to see his... Um... Not the show, but like uh, a few hours before they kind of do the uh, run through. You can you can sit through the run through and stuff like that. I, oh, I cool! His, which I, I just remember because I was more excited to be on the Price Is Right set. Oh, uh, did you get in there? That's the same same stage. Same yeah, stage. yeah, it's the same audience. They just redress. Oh, it. it is, isn't it? At CBS. Yep. Oh, that's so cool. Who who does Price Is Right now? I haven't watched that show in so long. I don't know. Do they still do it? I don't know. I thought it was Drew Carey. Yeah. Who's going to do Jeopardy? Robert, I feel like you should be in there. Um, oh, no. I feel like once you put it on the spot, I'm like, I have no idea. Um, uh, they had talked about, I know or there was a campaign to have um, the, oh, the Reading Rainbow Star Trek Next Generation guy. Oh, yes. I think I know what you're talking about. I, I have too much Diet Coke. It kills my memory. Salts. I like that you drink the Diet Coke, though. It is good. LeVar Burton, yes, Robert, without any cuttable, noticeable editing happened just now, LeVar Burton. So uh, I don't know, yeah, he's, he's been, there's been rumors, right, like he'd be the one to kind of, as a possible um, either takeover or just kind of interim, um, but it might be interesting to kind of um, almost celebritize it, you know, where different weeks by different people. and I, I think that's a good idea. That's the route that they should go with. Mix like they up. did with The Office when they were trying to replace Michael Scott. They're like, let's throw Will Ferrell in there and Jim Carrey. We'll just like switch it up. Oh my God. Now, Sigourney Weaver hosting Jeopardy. That'd be the I, I, I would be on board for that. Did, I'm but sorry, Sigourney did Weaver as Ellen Ripley. sharply. <laughs> Is that your final answer? You can just kiss that goodbye. Bye. Bishop, get away from me. There was, a, there was an android that malfunctioned. Um, an accident involves, unfortunately, a few deaths. What model was it? Um, I have a question for you. I was thinking about yep. this the other day. You're from Omaha, Nebraska. Yep. Are you a country music fan? I am not. Okay. Are you? Uh, not particularly. But um, I was just curious about the... Because you're from the Heartland. You don't really look like you're from the Heartland, though. I don't that, That's know. not an insult or anything yeah. from anybody. But for some reason, I, I picture you from like Los Angeles. I feel, you know, I feel like Los Angeles is my, I call it my home away from home. And, and I'm one of those people that, uh, I love driving in LA and I know people kind of think I'm crazy, but I remember even my third, fourth trip in LA, just driving on the, I can remember on the freeway and I was just smiling ear to ear and I could have like, and I, for some reason I just intrinsically know. And so I don't know, maybe I, yeah, you're like driving in a movie. I know. Maybe I used to live in L.A. in, a, in, a, in another life, and that's why I kind of know it so well. But 
Um, I feel more comfortable driving in L.A. than I do in Omaha. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You well, seem think, like an L.A. guy. Yeah. Well, I think people in L.A. drive strategically. People think they may be, drive badly, but they're actually they're driving strategically. They want everybody just to get to their spot uh, that they need to get to yeah. in the, the most timely manner. Midwesterners, we just have a lot of bad drivers. So. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, I'm from Pennsylvania originally, and the New Jersey oh, drivers were the like turn the worst. Bike. Oh, turnpike! Watch out. It's uh, but yeah, you seem like an LA guy. But I, I got the the driving out here. Do you drive with a purpose? That way, when there isn't traffic, people are flying like hundred miles per hour just because take advantage of it. Oh, like yeah. here we go. Big empty freeway. You're like, oh yes, and and also because it's LA, you never know. You turn the the corner and it's like a dead stop. Uh, even on the on the freeways. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, driving in LA, if there's no traffic, you wonder. What day is it? Is it a holiday, or why isn't there traffic, or what's wrong, or what's up ahead? Is you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very rare. Even with COVID nineteen lockdowns, there's still traffic. Like it's crazy. Although there is a there is another sh- lockdown now, curfew. And I was at a buddy's last weekend watching uh, planes, trains, automobiles. We do it every year. He's been on lockdown. He's safe. So you know, we watch this movie. And I ended up cutting the movie short at like 9.50 to make it home. And I was like, I'm so paranoid about like getting pulled over. Oh. You know, I don't know like how this works. Chances are a cop's not going to pull you over. But yeah. I didn't want to risk it. There was like nobody on the road. It was like out of a horror movie. And I was like, this is bad. Like, I was, it was like just me and like a few cars sporadically. And I was like, no, this is out of the comfort zone. Um, but it's yeah. nice when you don't have the traffic once in a while. Well, I think people would be sh- kind of shocked that um, at night there is a in LA there's a lot of there's not too much traffic because I remember I would go to concerts or whatever and obviously they would end pretty late, but yeah. there's not a whole lot of people out and about so you can you can sail home pretty quick. I remember one oh, time yeah. I was down in Long Beach and I had to go all the way back up to to Burbank and but it was after midnight and it, yeah I just sailed up it was just like made it in no time. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's cool about that unless you're like in Hollywood on a the weekend. It's not like New York where there's people all over the place at all hours. Like Beverly Hills is a ghost town at night. Yeah. There's just nothing open, you know? There's like a bar here. Right. As long as you have to, if you have to go through the bottleneck, you know, from Hollywood up to Burbank or the Valley, that's where you, you get caught. So. Yeah. You always stay in Burbank, right? Uh, Burbank. Yeah. About 90% of the time. So that's, that's my place to stay. And my, all roads lead to Burbank. That is my golden rule. That's, that's the name of my book. Are you, is it? No, I don't know. You're coming out here soon, right? Like next month? I was planning on, I have to look at my calendar. I think I was going to do January, or I think I have some flights booked, but um, it kind of feels like a roll of the dice because things keep changing, obviously, that, uh, uh, well, it's kind of wait and see. Yeah, it's really tough right now. Um, it's gotten so bad these last few weeks that uh, I'm so glad I'm not going back to visit my parents for Christmas. I'd love to see them, but... There's no way I'm getting on an airplane this month. It's scary. My sister's going to be traveling tomorrow for work. Um, and she, she thinks she'll be, I mean, she, obviously she'll be okay. Really? Yeah, but um, I think there's a lot of people not traveling. And obviously they have all up their game. So she doesn't feel too uh, anxious. But we get more anxious about going to the store here because yeah, uh, we, we have different mask mandates and stuff like that. But um, people really? wear their mask into the store and then literally they just yank them right down. That's terrible. Nobody really does anything, so it's it's annoying. It's scary. 
Wait, so in Nebraska, you don't have to wear a mask? There is no statewide mask mandate, no. We have, oh, we have that's that terrible. So we have different counties and stuff like that, and then stores require, but um, they don't have employees, and they can't. I get it. I'm policing everybody, and so yeah, there needs to, to be get... a mandate everywhere, though. It's common knowledge at this point. Like people are dying. Let's let's get the mask on. So I try to give as dirty looks as possible through my yeah. eyes, but I do too. I don't engage. I don't want to be on a viral video of me like. Put your mask on. I just stay away from them. Like, shame on you. Even if I, even if I had a hundred percent immunity to COVID nineteen, and by not wearing a mask and breathing, I was actually saving people's lives. I would still wear a mask just because the stigma of not wearing it is so embarrassing. Like, why do that to yourself? Absolutely. And people are like, "Oh, it's my freedom." No, it's not. Your freedom was not to kill people. They're like, put on a mask. You would wear your pants. Right? What's wrong with the mask? Well, um, some, some people barely do that. So you probably saw that I have my, okay. I got the Hot Topic Michael Myers mask or says, I, I always yes. wear a mask. Yeah. yeah, where did you get that thing? Hot Topic? It was, it was Hot Topic, yeah. So Online or did shirt, you walk in? I got a shirt that has the same thing. Michael Myers just says, wear a mask. So I feel like I should keep that in my car and just pull it out when I go to stores to, to put on that shirt. I think you should. Where did you, did you buy that online or in the store? I think it was online. Oh, yeah, so it was cool. online. Yeah. So it's a great mask, by the way. Thank you. you your mask game is very on point, Robert. <laughs> well, and it's it's always fun when people actually get it. Like the shining carpet. Uh that's not everybody. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I say the right people get it. And and we may have talked about this before. So I have like a hockey mask one, you know, and I Yeah. One of our programs is early childhood and so and I think they don't get it. It looks like a snowman maybe to them, I'm not sure, but I think there was huh. like a four-year-old in the hall- hallway. She goes, "Is that Jason?" And I'm like, "It God is." Bless her. And I'm like, "I was like, how do you, <laughs> how do you know?" Did she, but she did guess, or he or she guessed it was Jason. Yeah, yeah she said. It, she said, "Is that Jason?" And I'm like, "It is." And I'm like, "What an awesome kid!" Yeah, I was like, "Well, how do these kids know uh, what this is?" Probably because I was such a, a wimpy little kid that. Um, Me too. You know, I was 11 years old and saw a Jason mask, I would freak out. And they're just kind of. I was actually Jason when I was 11 for Halloween. And I went to. I went to Catholic school. And we went to my buddies and I went to the convent to knock on the door and ask for candy. And at the last minute, I just felt like ashamed. I had a fake machete and a mask and nuns were opening the door. But I threw the fake machete in the grass. And I was just had my mask. And they're like, oh, where's your hockey stick? And I was like, it's coming. I lost uh, <laughs> trick or treat. And I just looked like the sad kid. But I was like, I can't, I can't do this with the nuns. Well, I'm sure they've seen worse. They did. But it was from me. I was yeah. like a troubled child in that school. Um, but just to end the recap, the Jamie Lee Curtis versus Sigourney Weaver. Pound for pound. You're on the spot right now. Wh- who, do you, who do you give it to? Who's the stronger heroine? You know, I, Laurie Strode's my favorite character, but when I think of Sigourney Weaver and all of her characters, she edges out a little bit. She just has the, she has, she's done more than Jamie Lee. And I think that that kind of adds it up, even though I do take many points away for her work in Avatar. So I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that one. <laughs> I'm not a big fan either. The bad Saw it once. I can't handle it. I'd rather watch Dances with Wolves. Because uh, it's the same I, movie. Yeah. 
and think and Sigourney has done and sometimes they've just been t- like you said tiny roles like either one scene or just kind of like she shows up at the end and and kind of uh, makes her mark and so forth but uh, but yeah but then Jamie Lee I think they both and there's always some parallels you know obviously Jamie Lee was I thought channeling a little bit of a Linda Hamilton any anytime you put a heroine in a a tank top you immediately think of Linda Hamilton <laughs> It's so true, it's though. Too. <laughs> that's um, all. That's all you could. That's where your mind goes to. Yeah, but but you got you did get me thinking because you're like, oh, what if we kind of switched and you know Jamie Lee with the uh, flamethrowers and and but Jamie Lee kept throwing the knife in in Halloween she, a couple of times. She would just throw it away. So I just imagine in Aliens, uh, uh, <laughs> Scorny <laughs> Weaver is like, well, I did it, and she just throws throws the flamethrower away and just moves on and and then is shocked later that there's more aliens. Oh yeah. I that that's exactly what would happen too. Oh well, well. I don't think the world would have been ready for multiple aliens in Alien 1. No. Well, Cuz the stage wasn't set. They would be wiped out in like a second. Yep. Like I I feel like those the first two movies are perfect in the sense that they introduce you to the character and the species. It's a thriller. In the second one, they couldn't do that formula cuz it would have been boring. It would have been like, uh, you know, Predator 2 taking place in the jungle again. You just need it. You're like, okay, whatever. Need the fact sense. that they made it so different, like, worked, I think. You may remember that um, when Aliens came out, Sigourney Weaver hosted Saturday Night Live. And they did. Did she? They, yeah, and they did Aliens's. <laughs> and that's <laughs> no extra way. plural. <laughs> Aliens's? Yes. In um, 1986? And- yeah, yeah. So oh, wow. I'm sure it's on on YouTube somewhere. But uh, and they did oh, a pretty yeah. good job. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who played Bishops. Uh, it was cut in half on the, uh, Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, I mean, but in Saturday Night oh, Live, oh yeah, I can't yeah. Which which person kind of did that? So, but it oh, was that's so good. Aliens is <laughs> uh, air processors. They make the air breathable. Um, takes decades. We manufacture those, by the way. Paul Reiser's um, sleazy guy in Aliens. He's so good. Yes. I did get to meet him at Sunday. You met Paul Reiser? Yeah. So he's awesome, man. He's in Stranger Things too. Oh yeah. So yeah, this is obviously it was pre Stranger Things, but uh, but yeah. So, um, and that's where I feel lucky. I mean, I like I watched Aliens not too long ago, and you just I'm like, oh, I met him. I met him, and I never yeah, you did. have those great sneakers too. Oh yes. So they get a couple close up shots. So. Um, and I do forget, I must really like aliens more than I think. Cause I think I have like a, my friend gave me a cookie jar. That's actually the egg. You open up the egg. And that's a cool thing to have. So, it's one of the, the eggs, the embryos. Yep. So I'm gonna have to find that alien corner in my, my new house as my basement is being redone. Uh, right You're now. like a pretty big fan. I, well, that's why I think I'm like, Oh, I must be a bigger fan than I thought. So you, I you think, have the sneakers too, right? Yep. I have a. Couple that's, that's a fan. That's a that's a super that, fan. That is a fan. So well, it, that movie, it made a mark on me. Aliens did for sure. But I uh, I think it's tremendous. I remember so, as a kid, my mother was talking about how scary that movie was, and I was like, "Can I watch it?" And I wasn't allowed to watch it. I was, you know, like seven or something. The first one or the second one? The first one. Okay. And I remember we went to Disney World and. There was a ride called the Great Movie Ride, and it, you know there was a scene from Alien. My mom was like, "That's the movie," and I was like, "This is so cool!" And finally, they gave in and 
they let me watch Alien. They bought it on VHS. I think when I was like nine or ten, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, it's so cool. And I, I love the franchise, like, ever since. It's, uh, the franchise has good aesthetics of yes. the, the sound. Uh, oh, yeah. The, 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 uh, the visuals of the computers. And, and, um, but, yeah, it all works. And I'm thinking Aliens was not a huge budget movie. It was a, huge, a bigger budget than James Cameron. But he did that on a not huge budget for all those special effects. and um, Aliens? Really? Yeah, so he did a good job then. Too, yeah, yeah, and I think how much. Um, um, uh, I don't think he used a lot of blue screen. He just kind of used background projections and stuff like that, just to make oh. um, make things kind of seem bigger than they were. But um, but yeah, no, I just I, st- I still love that movie, and it's a it's easy to get you know if you're flipping channels and you're like you just get sucked and you need to watch to you need to watch to the end. What is it, Hicks? Hudson, sir, he's Hicks. What is it, private? All right. Now listen up. That's how you should run your, your job. All right. Now listen up. I want the meeting notes typed into the computer by 0800 tomorrow. Let's move it, people. What is he talking about? It all made sense at the time. You just, you just kind of went with it. Oh, yeah. I, I dropped so many movie references that get lost. In P- I work with a bunch of, for the most part, millennials. And I'll make references to be like, I... I I never saw it. I'm like, you, you never saw Varsity Blues? Or like, I was born the year that came out. I'm like, you know what? Good God. night. Good day to you, sir. Good Thanks. day. But um, I would go with uh, Ellen Ripley, if you pound for pound, would be my guess. Not taking away from Jamie Lee, but I just feel like when push came to shove in the clutch, she, she delivered. She would. Um, Galaxy Quest. That's another uh, sci-fi Galaxy where Quest? she, yeah, where Sigourney was not she's not playing herself, but she knew that huh. as a sci-fi iconic actress that uh, what she, what she kind of brought to that role. As I never said. saw that. Is it good? You never saw Galaxy Quest? Never saw. It. Oh my! Goodness. Is that blasphemous? Whew. You. It's funny that you just said <laughs> you talked to people and you was like, I can't believe they haven't seen this movie. So. Yeah, right. I know. I never saw Jurassic Park. So actually, I'm working on because December 25th is the anniversary for uh, Galaxy. I think 21st anniversary for Galaxy Quest. So I will be doing the locations for that shortly. That's pretty cool. When did you shoot those? Um, I was just over the years, and and I'm just trying to remember everywhere they shot. The uh, they shot on the um, top of the garage of the. It's now the Automotive Museum on Wilshire. Yeah, we're um, right across from the coffee uh, diner or from whatever. Johnny's, yeah, so, um, right. so, so they shot up there. Oh, cool. Um, they shot in the alley across from Paramount Studios where... Um, um, Melrose. Yep, um, and a couple different places. But, um, but yeah, so, well, keep... Yeah, you should definitely watch the movie before uh, December 20th. So I have to watch that? and That's your homework. Hellraiser. Hell, oh, yeah, that's right. We did talk about you watching Hellraiser. I got some catching up to do. I watched Darby O'Gill right away. <laughs> you did? All right. I'll watch one of those tonight. Probably Hellraiser because I think it's streaming. You did watch Darby O'Gill right away. I did because I like, well, I just need to do it. So it's, and it had been, it had been a long time. 
And you probably slept better that night and enjoyed it. You I woke up a little I bit did. happier. I was like, well, I can mark that off my list. <laughs> Darby O'Gill. All right. I'll check those out. I'll report back to you. Um, you have done on your site, I'm looking at it, Galaxy Quest. You haven't posted this before. I don't know if I have, yeah. So you still have a few hundred backlogged entries I to do. do. I do. As, as we, That's a lot of work. Year, I started getting quite th- quite a, uh, a lot kind of caught up. And then moving yeah. to the house, I kind of had to stop again and or obviously spend time on that. But but how cool I, is that? You get to do this for yeah. a hobby. Coming up. And you have a lot of backlog. It's not like, it's not as if COVID happened and you're like, well, I got to wait. And you're posting like, hang in there, people. We'll get back to it. You have like a lot of entries to do. Yeah. You're like the entertainment industry. You had all these shows that weren't released yet that you're just releasing now. Bit, bit, Leia. I'm like HBO Max. I'm just waiting until the right time. Yeah, you're just waiting to buy up Wonder Woman. Uh, what do you think about that, Robert? Eight movies going to HBO Max, like Wonder Woman. Um, I say one kind of good for them, and I, and I wasn't. I was reading an article that I didn't realize how little of uh, ex, expanse that HBO Max ha- actually had. And I get HBO Max because I have HBO through cable. So I don't know if that I count as a subscriber, even though, you know what I mean? I can watch on my computer. Oh. But, um, but yeah. yeah, so like one, I'm kind of, ex- I'm excited to see new content like that. And I think that's where I was like, it's been so long that I think everybody's kind of hungry to see big movies, even though we're going to watch them uh, in our, in our own home. Will this kill movie theaters? Maybe, or maybe a lot. I, I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. I hope. I mean, I hope it doesn't kill them. I hope it. Yeah. I hope it, you get to watch it during, you know, lockdown. It's good. I mean, Wonder Woman was wrapped this one night, like three years ago. Like this has been delayed for like two years. Like they just need to get it out there. It's not even going to be relevant. Like in another year, it's it's going to be like five years later. But um, yeah, I, I I hope it is a slippery slope. Like Spielberg is a is very anti. And Scorsese too, because they're from an old school that you know they don't. They movies should be in the theater. That's the experience. And I I agree. There's nothing like watching you know a new film on IMAX. Like you're never going to get that at home. But during COVID nineteen, like you know, there should be an option to watch them in your house. But how that how that works out, I don't know. I I feel like there will always be movie theaters in some capacity. Um, there will always be a need for live screenings. I mean, there's still drive-in theaters, even though that's not a good business model. But the impact on it is going to be—it's going to be tough to see. Yeah, and it'll be a shift for me. And then just—it is funny because, like, you know, they'll—they—they they have experimented a little bit before. So kind of same day where you can rent it for twenty dollars. Um, yeah. Or you can go see it in the theater. And for some reason, renting it for twenty dollars uh, for twenty-four hours, I'm like, gosh, that's expensive. And I'll go to the theater and I'll spend forty dollars <laughs> for the whole popcorn, true. everything experience, and not—not not even think twice about it. But it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. I, you, I'm the same way. You read a new film, you know, and it's like, oh, 20 bucks. Oh, I'll just download it. And you go to the movie, and it's like 60 bucks after popcorn and tickets and everything like that. But I don't know. So I, it's interesting. I kind of get over that myself. But, and I don't want to, it's, like you said, it is slippery slope because I'm like, oh, there's certain films like, yeah, I would really want to see that on the big screen. Right. But that's also a cost model that I don't like that. We will only see 
Avengers and these level movies on the big screen and everything else has to go to the small screen, uh, which is not fair to film in general either. It's not. Yeah. Spielberg in the same article talked about how when he did Lincoln, that was almost going to be an HBO movie just because, you know, it's going to implode the movie industry. It already starting to happen where they're going to be $200 billion Avenger blockbusters and that's it. And I, I don't know if this is the reason, but I think the public shift, and tell me what you think about this, has changed as far as what people are going to watch and what movies Hollywood is putting out there. So, for example, in the, in the 90s, up until like maybe A Beautiful Mind, the Academy Award nominees were also films that the mass amount of people went to see. Braveheart, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Gladiator. And then it kind of shifted and it was they nominated more like art house films, which are, are good, but they're not the kind of films that people are going in droves to see. You know, after you know, it was like every every year it was like Amy Adams won for some movie you've never heard of because people just aren't seeing them. Yeah. And it made like ten million because it was released like you know, so I feel like do you do you feel like that has something to do with why they're like, Well, just do action blockbusters. Maybe, and, and I know it's kind of, obviously, obviously they look at cost models, and then, and I think we're fortunate that for horror movies, uh, they will almost always have a much lower cost and a much higher return, even for the yeah. middling ones. Uh, it's uh, true, though. You're, you're able to make, make money. So on, on one hand, I think, oh, that's always something we probably have kind of going, going for it. But, and I, I think back to the early sun, Sundance days, and... Um, those films, you don't, they're not even getting made anymore, let alone being shown in theaters. They're uh, not getting made. But they also seem to fare well better um, on uh, streaming and kind of different things. And they actually do better at, if they're longer and just split up into uh, a miniseries. <laughs> which it's true, fine. though, yeah. They, just, um, they break it down to a series. Yeah. What, what was the, um, the Scorsese one that was way too long? The, Irish? the Irishman. Yeah. And I was like, this was like too long to sit through. But if it was split up into a four special episode thing, I think people would have liked it better. I agree. And yeah, people would have binged it. That, it would have felt better for, for themselves for binge watching four hours as opposed to uh, having to sit through one episode. I thought the same thing. If, if that were a miniseries of four episodes people would have binged it one night just like you'll binge watch the walking <clears throat> excuse me the walking dead or stranger things or something like that in one whole evening but um the fact that it was one long episode uh that that does something to your you know your mental makeup your dichotomy you're thinking about that like ah, so long i don't know what it is there, there's something about it i i still remember movies that had intermissions that they were so long i remember Rag oh really? Time, yeah, was a uh, intermission movie. I think there was Titanic. A I can't remember, but it was like you had to. Uh, if you don't want to get on, get up and and leave. There was intermission time for everybody to go to the bathroom. What was the movie that you referenced? Ragtime. Ragtime. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, who's the guy who plays Chucky's voice? Uh, Brad Dorf, that was one of first, his first films. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Hackney was in that film. Elizabeth McGovern. It's a longer flick then. 
It is. And th- those are the kind of films my parents would take me to. Uh, That's as a cool. Kid. Um, so I, which is kind of uh, odd to look back, but I think those are the type of films that be- made me a film lover. I wasn't going to see, I, I was I went to see Snow White and, and those type of films, but they were making yeah. new films like that and Coal Miner's Daughter and Air right. Force 77. <laughs> oh, yeah. I li- but I like the, the intermission in the old movies, you know? It's like, let's go out to the movies. And when they talk about um, people's attention spans, it is so funny, though, that a movie like The Irishman gets shit on for being so long, but then people will binge watch like five seasons in one day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really not a matter, <clears throat> excuse me, of the time you're putting into it. It's just mentally, you look at something that's this long and it's too much. There's no break that you can enable to do that. And Netflix like gives you about a five second. I know it seems much shorter than saying next episode. And it's like five seconds. Like I know. don't even have time to think. I'm like, well, I guess, I guess I'll continue watching. Right. I guess I'll do this. I I do like that. If you're really into it, you can skip the credits. It's not good from an industry standpoint. Point if you want to give people credit, but I don't like the "Are you still watching?" option. It's like, no, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> then they know you have not moved at all. Right, and if they say, "Are you still watching?" Is that because they don't want people to like just play movies to get the ratings up? Like, what's what's the point of that? Or so you don't walk away and miss it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's I feel like you don't need to be thinking for us that much. It's television. Well, I can I can rewind it. But you know, and I think a lot of people like to say, and I tend to agree. Like the Mandalorian. I was uh, just going to ask you about that. Is much more satisfying. Wow than the movies. We're on the same plateau, my friend. Do you and like The Mandalorian? I do. And for some reason, there's... The, uh, and probably to credit John Favreau, that uh, he gets what we remember is appealing about that Star Wars universe. And yeah. what we like to see and what... Uh, almost the locations and the settings and the kind of things that we want to kind of be immersed in. That, um, one, the movies don't have time. Uh, to kind of you know spend that much time, we need to move to a new planet every you know fifteen minutes um, yeah. to kind of keep keep things going. But sure. uh, we can spend uh, forty five minutes on Tatooine again, and or this type of planet, or explore a little bit about uh, such and such. And yeah, and I think it goes back to the time. And then the Mandalorian is not made to uh, for the uh, for the almighty uh, box office first weekend dollar. That it is made as a kind of a, a big, longer arc of series as opposed to the movies. And I get it. They need to make money out of the gate as much as possible. Right. And it's a Western, too, which is cool. It's a space Western. Yes. Um, I was literally just going to ask you if you watched The Mandalorian when you brought I that up. I do. Did you watch this past week? I just watched episode five okay. last night. So I'm going to watch the one with Robert that Robert Rodriguez directed. Yes. Probably which- tonight. Uh, yeah, I just watched that, um, and people are calling the past two episodes probably the best. Yeah, the I thought five was great. I heard six, like, you're in tears. It's it's so good. Yep, so, and it has, I don't want to spoil stuff, but one of my favorite ships shows up. I was so excited. One of your favorite what? Ships, spaceships. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, it's got to be uh, from Star Wars? Yes, or the second one. Empire Strikes Back. Spoilers for anybody that's in the middle of Mandalorian. 
<laughs> Wait, it's not the Death Star. That wasn't in there. No. Do I, I don't know if I should tell you what ship. It's the... Oh, it's got to be the uh, Millennium Falcon. No. Wow. I'm drawing a blank here. I don't know if it'd be a spoiler for you. No, no, you can, you can, you can say it. Are you sure? Is it an X-wing? No. Tie fighter? It's a singular ship. So. Oh. There's only one of them. Well, maybe. But we'll 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 part. We'll part. The Star back. Destroyer? No. I hmm. I don't want to spoil it because then the, if I tell you what ship it might. Tip. Is it the Nostromo from Alien? Is <laughs> the Nostromo? Oh my god, that'd be the perfect. <laughs> I'm gonna watch tonight. Um. Anyway, I, I, I'll have to check that out, because that's cool. The Stromo coming in there would blow my mind. It would, would be, be interesting tape. to see um, or, uh, her, her ship when she's still in, uh, uh, in a frozen state, you know, drifting through the core of yeah, Star the Wars. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Newt. My name is Newt. Oh, I made a clean Sometimes. spot. Yeah. <laughs> They're dead, all right? Can I go now? So I dated a girl in high school. As much as I love aliens, there's some uh, ten-eyed dialogue. Yeah, yeah, it's a little tough sometimes. Yeah. They're yeah. dead, all right. Can I go now? Oh gosh, could an alien rip her apart, please? <laughs> she goes, can a face, can a chestburster get her? <laughs> oh jeez, no. Um, watch this, put her in charge. It's, he, yeah, he, that character also begins to wear a little bit thin. Oh yeah, yeah, Hudson. All right, all right. Can you do that? Okay, because they're all supposed to be really tough guys, but then they get like really wimpy and annoying very quickly. Except yeah. for Michael Bean, who is in the Mandalorian. He's all laid back, cool guy. Feels like actually he was not supposed to be there. He took over that role last minute. Uh, the Mandalorian. No, uh, no, in Aliens, Michael Bean. Michael Bean. Yeah. Who was, was supposed to play Hicks? He, uh, James Ramar was in that role and they actually started shooting really oh did he have like creative differences um i think it was kind of uh behavior differences i think he was having uh, james was having some issues personally. Oh. so i think james uh cameron knew obviously michael ben and just was able to kind of s- slide him in so and i think there's only one shot where james is still is shot from the back so where the soldiers are going in there's kind of a pan down from uh uh, not quite a matte painting, a forced perspective as the aliens are coming down. So, supposedly oh, okay. James is in that shot. But interesting, interesting how being on good terms with the director can like propel your career. Look at Bill Paxton, Terminator One, mm-hmm. was in True Lies, was in Titanic. James Cameron just kept pick, picking him for all of his movies. Jeanette Goldstein in Aliens and Titanic. Yes, it's perfect. Bill Paxton. Yeah, she was in Titanic. Yep. Uh, Bill Paxton also, I think he chose the location, he knew the location of the pig farm in Cary. Wait, what? Yeah, Bill Paxton did a lot. He was more behind-the-scenes type of guy for many years uh, before he became an on-camera actor. He chose the location of the pig yeah. farm? Yeah, remember, yeah, that he was working, you know, he knew the pig farm. He was doing, helping with locations, and you know the, the pig farm uh, location down in, uh, I think it was Vernon, area of los angeles oh that's cool that's that's a little behind the scenes trivia right there more trivia so yeah. i did vi- visit bill paxton's grave he's buried in uh, the forest lawn right outside of burbank 
Oh yeah, same with uh, Michael Jackson and a lot of other people. You you saw yeah. his grave? What and Benny? Me? Uh, no, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds are right Debbie there. Debbie Reynolds. Did you, did you see his gravesite itself? Who's that? Bill. Bill Paxson. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, really? a. Uh, it's pretty plain. Uh, kind yeah. of around. So sometimes it's hard. Some of those big cemeteries, it's uh, unless you know where you're going, it's kind of hard to to find. Yeah. That's cool I, that you got to see it though. Yeah. Well, I like to do that as well, and you know, yeah, these are iconic people. Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. That is a, I guess, as far as cemeteries go, it is a, that is a beautiful cemetery. It is. I don't think it's been used in any movies, but um, who else? Betty Davis, Liberace, they're all kind of in that. Yeah, is, you always um, hear about Forest Lawn when you read, you know, like a Wikipedia entry. They're always they're buried at Forest Lawn or. Yeah. There's Hollywood like, forever if they're if they're older kind of thing. Sometimes they do the forest line uh, before I fly out because I don't want to. If I'm flying out of Burbank, I don't want to be too far from the airport, and I just can spend some time there. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's right there, right off uh, Hollywood Way. Yep. Pretty cool. Right by Disney and the the careers of people who are still alive, but the careers died. There are the homeless encampments. No, no, that's that's not true at all. Um, we talked about earlier Christmas Vacation. Uh, because it is the holiday season, I want to ask you, are there any holiday movies that you watch, you know, every year religiously? Like I'll watch Home Alone every year, no yeah. matter what. Do you, do you have anything like that? Is, is it Christmas vacation? Uh, it might be. So Home Alone, I'm not a fan of Home Alone. What? Um, I did go to the house though. Um, oh. I don't, yeah, it's, it. The movies I remember with Christmas are actually non-Christmas movies, but they happen to be released on Christmas Day. Because, like which ones? Uh, like uh, The Evening Star, the sequel to Terms of Endearment. Oh, yeah. Uh, Galaxy Quest, um, I kind of associate with Christmas. Uh, Titanic, I actually associate with Christmas because huh. what, uh, it was still out. Obviously, t- for <laughs> for the young ones, the Titanic was number one for five, six months, I think. Oh, yeah. And so it was just, and it wouldn't go away. Yeah. And so our family, we, you know, we get together on Christmas, but we also like to, it was also time to get out and see a movie and, you know, uh, kind of do something else. Obviously not happening this year. So I always kind of associate movies. I actually saw on Christmas day. Uh, I kind of remember. I like that. We usually see a movie on Christmas, but it's, I I think Prancer might've been the only like Christmas movie I've seen on Christmas. Remember that? Remember Prancer? I vaguely remember it. And then, <laughs> you do. And then but you just vaguely remember that uh, so, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis made a bad Christmas movie too. Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, gosh. I remember that. Not her, not her finest work. No, no. Not her finest wig either. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw I Am Legend on Christmas. And that is like a colder kind of movie. That does seem like a Christmas movie. Um, what I is... Uh... Think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You you don't like Home Alone. Do you do you think they're bad movies, or you just don't don't care for them? I think they're kind of bad movies. Well, I think I just I have a uh, I think I was too cool for them. I was in college when those came out. And I was just oh like, yeah, too cool for was, school. I was I, I I I do remember seeing it in the theater, and I remember it was almost when you talk about sitcom laughter. I remember everybody just literally bowled over in laughter, and I was just kind of looking around like, are we watching the same movie here? Uh, I was with you, actually. I, I was, I'm a little younger, I think, but did see it in the theater with my dad and sister. Everyone was laughing. I remember enjoying the movie, 
but I didn't think it was like. Well, I was looking around like, what? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the. I love those movies, but I, but there are a lot of flaws, and it's kind of like what Roger Ebert said. Like, they're painful to watch. You know, at at best, it would have been brain damage to these yeah. guys. At the worst, they would have died. Um, <laughs> like, it's very painful to watch a brick be inhaled from eleven stories and nailing someone in the head. Like that. That's violent. Um, yeah. So it's weird. It's a weird dichotomy. The Home Alone movies. I, I I I agree with you. And I think about winter movies too. So uh, Fargo, The Classic. Ice Storm. Um, you know, I just call them like the winter movies. That I remember. Uh, I remember Misery. I remember the opening credits. You know, where he's going through and driving. And as yeah. a Westerner, I was like, oh, I hate driving in the snow and the skidding around. The Shining. I, yeah, I, I get that pit in my stomach about you know people driving in the snow and yeah, you know, it's like oh I hate having to do that and those movies just they make you chilly when you're watching them even if they kind of come out during the um, yes during the summer Gremlins is kind of people call, is that a Christmas yeah. movie or not? even though it came out during the summer same thing with Die right. Hard people talk about that for sure oh yeah totally Die Hard's up there The Shining I put up there too not a Christmas movie but makes you cold kind of watching it like it's very chilly visually yes you've covered the shining you actually just posted some photos of the shining yes and for those fans uh they're going to do another a screening of the shining at the the hotel uh up in oregon um next in 2021 obviously i can't remember but they they, they did uh, wow. post dates uh they're going to do that again so timberland fans, lodge is that the name yeah timberline lodge yep timberline lodge yep they're going to so, do another one um, yeah, so they, my, it was about a little over a year ago I did that. And then, um, uh, the Myers house, uh, out of North Carolina does different screens. So they're, they're going to be doing the, we talked about last time, the children of the corn screening. Yeah. Iowa town. Um, but hopefully we, well, you sh- we should also be in a better, better place to be able to kind of do those type of things. But for shining fans, I would definitely yeah. recommend, uh, going to do that, spend a couple of days at the, the lodge up there. That's really cool that you're going up there. Yeah, if, if we're if we're not in a better place, The Shining will seem much more real when we all go insane from cabin fever and start hacking up people. Now, that's cool. You're going up there though. So, well, I'll I'll do the Children of the Corn one since that's new. But for other fans yeah. that have not been to the Shining Hotel, I would recommend to go there. I would love to go to the Stanley too in Colorado, and the Awani in California. And what? The the Awani Hotel in California. That's that where the, the uh, interior. The interiors were based off of. It really has no semblance as far as filming locations, but they based the interior off that. And if you look up the Awani, it, it looks just like The Shining. Yeah, it's a Native American kind of. And the little um kind of office or teller booths it looks like, and the yeah, kind of the expanse. Uh, but yeah, exactly. I wish they would have uh, kept some of the sets from. Uh, Doctor Sleep because they just yeah. they they got all the details pretty much right I should say they they made they did there's a couple of parts I'm like well no they had a couple steps down in this area but that's just me being nitpicky no that's good though you it's good attention to detail attention to detail is paramount Robert it's all about the little things it is right? it is for sure so um, and I you just, mentioned. Just, I see, oh, I also, going back to Scorny Weaver, I'm like, oh, she was also in Copycat, which is another one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah, I've seen Copycat. That is a good that, flick. That I, I was thinking because we still say the same lines from Copycat where <laughs> there, there's a car alarm 
going off and she's annoyed and she's like, just take the car and go. <sighs> and we, I still say that line. So. Just like if somebody, if you're leaving somewhere, if Is somebody's that... trying to borrow the car or something. Yeah, I think it's but the, somebody did that to, as a distraction and she heard it and that's kind of what she just said. Just take so. the car and go. That's oh, so if you hear an alarm, you say it. <laughs> my sister good. and I at Sundance, we always have this thing that we, we think it'd be funny just to shout lines at people. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's perfect. I'm, I'm all about them. the lines. So like Juliette I, Lewis, I totally, I really, in my mind, I want to just like shout uh, her uh, natural born killers line to her like, how do you like me now? you know but <laughs> yeah yeah but I was like, you have to do it would i be that weirdo uh kind of doing that there are lines i will quote from movies all the time since i was a kid and i always will it's just part of my lexicon you know i forget i even forget the movie but there's a movie where it goes you want to take this outside and be men and you know, we are outside he goes well let's take it inside and be women <laughs> like i've been saying that since i was seven i forget what it's from i was say, what uh, is that from i think it's from uh I, I'll have to Google it. Uh, it might be mermaids. I don't remember, but it's... I don't remember. I'll have to look at it. But it's like one of those lines. I, I use. I quote The Rock a lot, too. And it's sometimes out of context. I'm like, hey, you want to grab uh, something to eat over at, you know, Jimmy's Grill? I don't really like that place. Oh, you don't? No, no, no. Okay. I only ask because it's you. You're the rocket man. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. We're going there. But, but, there, but there's certain movies that you'll you'll take nuggets from growing up and they're forever you'll forever use them like your copycat line Absolutely. or lines from aliens and i do jamie lee lines too so i always do a lot of i do a lot of halloween h2o lines if you want to go you camping, do, i'll take you camping you do a lot of h2o lines you you that's one of your favorite movies of all time i would imagine yeah. right yes I'm gonna... it's your favorite halloween film no nah, well halloween one is still my favorite so um right. and h2o is probably one of my favorites like we talked you had before. a great I'm weekend sure. visiting that place, didn't you? Yeah, and that, that will always hold a, a special special place in my heart. So. That, is a, that is a good flag. I saw that in the theaters, I remember, during its original run. I think I saw it five times in the theater. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I wanted to like keep reliving it. Well, because at the time, I was like, this is the, the best Halloween sequel I'm going to get, and could be the, the last, what I thought. Uh, yeah. And so I just yeah keep experiencing it so and i remember the last one uh it was still it was the opening scene and nurse marion was kind of going through the house kind of looking and then the film stopped all and all the lights went out like there was no ambient light and we're like oh this is weird and it was so the movie there was only one other guy in the theater um that was kind of a couple rows behind us but it was pitch dark and this is pre-cell phone so we had no fake light and so it was like trying to find our way out of the theater in the pitch dark. And we remembered that there was a guy sitting behind us. It was all just kind of creepy, uh, kind of how it happened. But yeah. the whole block went out on electricity is what happened. But Oh, no. Yeah, plus pre-cell phone. What do you do? Yeah, I was like, what did people do back then? <laughs> what would you do? Yeah, you'd freak out. Yeah, you couldn't see. Uh, I just, I, that's what I remember. They, now you just turn on your phone and you have some a little bit of light to, to make your way out. Vividly remember that. Yeah, I was in a theater once, and the air conditioning went out. July, Pennsylvania. They gave everybody like free passes because they're like, "We're sorry." Here you go. There's a little cat. 
did people just sit through it or did they just say no we're not no we that. sat it was signed which yeah. was filmed in oh. that area so everybody everybody them. stayed yeah. and watched it but they gave free passes which was kind of cool i don't think they should have gave them out though i think they should have double yeah it was just a little cat that walked behind you yeah oh is that what okay I feel like they should have given charged more to support Shyamalan filming in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> they should double. Um, but yeah, we should have. It's a, cool. a, I was gonna say maybe we should have a, a bad theater episode. Uh, oh yeah, but I don't know. If bad theater experiences. Cuba. You remind me that we would see Speed Two in the theater, which is that alone mistake, mistake number one. Yeah, right. That alone is a bad experience. But Speed the sound two. kept going out, or the sound would go from like uh, level eight to level two. Oh. for like minutes at a time and it was kept doing it near the end of the movie and it's one of those movies where you're like oh we don't even really care you know like <laughs> no right but so, still yeah i remember that we um so th- and we're like well whatever we see what's going on on the screen and and nobody i've I, at this point like nobody kind of cared this isn't a good movie so but we we sat through it <laughs> that's funny too and i, like I remember we all came out to the, lo- the lobby and there was like some poor 16 year old uh, <laughs> Who oh. everybody was just surrounding him, screaming for free tickets and money back, and da 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 da. And then um, I was with a few friends, and we kind of got separated. And then all of a sudden, we hear somebody screaming, uh, "If you want to blame anybody, blame Jan de Bont." And <laughs> the crowd kind of cleared, and it was my, it was our friend that we were with. And he did make like, a bad She's Louise lady, you know, that I'm like, and we're like, and you know, we're like, I don't know who that is. She's crazy. You know, <laughs> but that's so funny. I forgot we, we drove her. And so as we're going to the parking lot, she's like waiting for us by the car. And we're like, Oh, get in, get in the car. <laughs> did you guys hightail it out of there? Well, kind of. Yeah. So I remember I felt so bad for this guy. I wrote a letter to the manager saying, Hey, whatever you're going to happen to hear this, this poor kid did fine, so don't. Uh, That's really nice. You did that. More people yeah. should speak up like that. But yeah, because I just not knew his fault. How people, you know, there there were Karens even back then. People, so that there's always uh, been Karens. <laughs> I like to speak to a manager. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much what it was, and then and probably because I used to work in a movie theater uh, a little bit in high school too, so I knew what. Oh, cool. Type of people you had to deal with for sure. Yeah, people, you can't please everybody all the time. And especially with film, people, you're already, people are already paying a lot of money and they're there to escape. So if something doesn't go according to plan, I feel like people jump down other people's throats even more. Yeah. I wasn't seeing Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and I accidentally like had my knee hit in the chair in front of me a few times. And this guy turned around and like lost it. And I'm like, ah, okay, sorry. And his wife, like, was so mad at him for acting that way. And I'm like, good for you, lady. Destroy him at home. But people, like, lose their minds, you know? It's like in traffic. They Uh, don't act that way normally. No. I saw uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, I think four times in the theater. The last time was in Colorado. And what you said about the sound was happening there. It would, like, jump up to nine. And then you you couldn't, like, hear parts where, like, he's talking to me, Marion, and it's, like, quiet. Like, it jumped down. People are like, can you turn it up? So they turned it up, and then it went up even more. Too it was so weird. Like, I don't know how that happens. But yeah, it's it, it sucked for that movie because it was like a good film. But for Speed 2, I think it's funny. You're like, eh, we don't really care. Like, it's hilarious that the movie sucked that bad. You don't really care that you can't hear it. 
Well, I remember at first we thought it was part of the movie because they there's like they'd be going underwater and be like quieter. Oh yeah. And then they yeah. would be above water and they'd be talking and you couldn't quite hear them. And there'd be this weird music, and we look at each other and like, I don't, whatever. Like, and then you see, then nobody's like, I'm sure somebody's gonna go tell them, and you're like, is nobody gonna go tell them, or what are they gonna do? And then you always kind of nope. time it because I'm like, how long is it gonna figure them to, you know, <laughs> right, to figure this out? And then you're also, but you're also saying, don't stop the film, just, <laughs> I, right, fix. just keep going. Yeah, let's just get through this. <laughs> have Have you ever walked out of a, a movie because it was so bad? I have. How? What was the movie? Or have you done this a lot? Um, not too often. Because um, I feel like if you walk out of a movie, because you're a pretty fair, well-traversed guy with film, your yeah. tastes are pretty broad. So if you walk out of a movie, you can appreciate cinema. Yes. It's probably pretty bad. It was. Um, and for some, I've already kind of, it's it's a... It's a big film, and I was trying, I, for some reason I just can't remember the title of it right now. So, uh, glitter. Oh, yeah. What? Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, is that what it was? I could not. Never... Like, I got up and left and asked for my money back. I couldn't stand it. Never saw it. I have seen Clerks though. All those yeah. movies are overrated. Like they they have funny lines, but to to a stat to be a cultural phenomenon is ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're not landmark films at all yeah they had their following and and for some reason i don't know why i went to go see it to begin with but yeah i don't i i do remember i that one i definitely walked out pretty bad yeah and i'm sure there might have been others too but i don't know it's it's hard because you want to give a movie a chance you're like how long right. am i going to sit here and put up with this and um, now do you get your money back or do you just soak it up that, as a loss? that one i made sure they said i was it was past the x amount of mark where they weren't going to me and i'm like I guess I was a Karen that day because I'm like, nope, I want. <laughs> I got my money back for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the reboot in 2010. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> not, not because I didn't like it, because there was a baby crying at 11 o'clock. It was a 10:40 screening at night, and I just said, "You let a child in here about a child rapist at 10:40 agreement." I want free passes for my wife and I, and they gave me free passes. Because it was just so loud. This baby was crying. Why would you bring your child in the in a theater? The ear, the decibels alone are bad for developing ears. That's bad parenting. Yeah. Well, you do remember your bad experiences end up tinging the movie. Because I remember other things. I do. I always bad, remember Bad that. things happen. And I'm like, I just end up, I still hate this movie. Not because of the movie itself, but I remember the experience surrounding it. Yes. Like if you're watching it with somebody you don't like. Yep. You're like, well, I'll never like this. No. It's like eating something when you're sick that... And then you're like, you just hate that food from now on because you just associate it with, yeah. with that. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's how I feel about the movie Closer with Jude Law. I walked out of that movie because I, I was going through something bad in life at the time, whatever. Yeah. And I didn't like the movie at all. It's probably okay. I don't know. I didn't watch it. But like 30 minutes into it, I was like, fuck it. I'm out of here. This sucks. This. <laughs> um, and it tinges that experience. That's why you're better going... Listeners, the my advice: if you want to pick a film to watch, if you're like, I don't know what to watch, what do we do? You go to set-jetter.com. You close your eyes and you do blind man's bluff. You scroll down the set list and whatever your finger lands on, you're gonna watch. And I'm gonna do it right now for the listeners. This is your homework, listeners. I have Hellraiser and Galaxy Quest to watch. For anyone listening to the podcast, wherever my cursor lands on, 
is what you're going to watch tonight. Robert, are you ready? All right. Let's see what. <laughs> California with Brad Pitt. With a K. With a K. California with a K. It's one of my favorite movies. Have you seen it? I have. Okay. Yeah. Juliette Lewis is in that, too. Yeah, she is. Yeah. As Adele. Yeah. I have seen California. It's Brad um, Pitt, and, and he's, uh, he's scary. He is. That was actually one of my favorite movies. Another movie that we quote a lot with um, uh, Michelle Forbes, I think is her, her name, the actress, that she was in Star Trek. Um, oh, yeah. And Row and stuff like that. And she, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, she's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the movie, David Duchovny, for those that aren't familiar, Brad Pitt, Juliette Lewis, um, it's a... At the time, it, it came at a time where, you know, serial killers were just kind of at the height of, not in real life, but just kind of this interest in them and movies about that. Um, so Yeah, like natural just, born killers. And so, did that come out around that time? It did. I think it was around the same time because it was all this kind of 90s. Uh, I remember those two, like side by side, kind of. I'm sorry. And uh, Carter, Bill, Carter Burwell uh, did the soundtrack, I remember. We talked about he did the soundtrack for Psycho 3 and some of yeah. the I think. Um, oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so shot the, my shots were mostly uh, from that movie were what they shot around Atlanta. Um, they certainly did. They went through Arizona and some California that I haven't got those shots as well. But the very last shot is in California as well on Malibu Beach. Yeah, I'm looking at that. It was on... Uh... Pacific Coast Highway. Yep. So, which, I only got that by accident. I didn't realize until later. I actually shot that house for um, the last season of Arrested Development. That was the beach house. Uh, in the, you uh, got it. I'm just sharing the screen for the, gotcha. the viewers on YouTube and Roku. This yeah. is California. This uh, downtown, or not quite, just outside of downtown Atlanta for the warehouses. Um, the college, um, a lot of this places where great shot driver, right here. Baby driver was shot. I like that shot. Yeah. I like that you do this too. You show like multiple shots. Sometimes there's like ten. <laughs> Sometimes that's I get a really good. Excessive. That's really good editing, though. That's really good web design. Yeah, I, I I do. I get a little excessive. I'm like, why do I have? I don't need all these multiple shots, but yes, um, you do. It's it's called being thorough. I am a completist, so you are. And just, yeah, little things like that. And then sometimes I try to make them out of focus like they are in the movie, and sometimes I don't. But This is a cool new segment we should incorporate in Set, set Jetter Saturdays. We pick a film, yeah. Blind Man's Bluff, and then you, like, recap, and we'll do a screen share. I like that. Yeah, so... You know? Yeah, so these are all in one place. Surprisingly, this all kind of looks the same. Uh, there's not too much different. Um, Wasn't there one... It might not be this film, but you did one where, like, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium was there now where the falcons oh, play I, I think it's this so if oh if you go up a little bit there it is yep no yep so right behind so i think it's gone now but um i think they that's were, it yeah, right yeah what i'm looking no at. yeah so it's still there and so since that time it's been taken down see i've been here before i told you i'm a fan i have seen this entry it's uh i do remember this that's cool and then some what year did you just, go here, Robert? Um, I think this was about four years ago or so. My my years begin to blur together a little bit. So, this is a cool. Um, it's a great site, but this is a cool entry. Um, the gas station. This was kind of a little weird because I didn't know this. 
it's as you can see, it's kind of a um, bonding, and people probably don't want their picture taken. So I try hmm. to grab a few shots and then just scoot on out of there. This wasn't the place in Reservoir Dogs, was it? Or Pulp Fiction? No. Okay. No, this, yeah, this is still Atlanta here. Right, yeah, Pulp Fiction was all in Hollywood. Yeah. Or LA, I should say. Yeah. So, uh, this is a cool shot. There. Yeah. Where are the other birds? They're taken down. So, new billboards put up. The other birds are actually in Robert's garage, everybody. Brad looks like a Hemsworth uh, in this movie. He does. <laughs> Brad Pitt doesn't age. He is. I, I do remember uh, when he was in Thelma Louise that uh, more or less they said he ruined it for all actors after that with his six pack. Oh, yeah. Or, or eight pack that they're like now all actors kind of have. That was kind of the new status quo of what you needed to look like. <laughs> the guy's pushing 60 or he's in his 50s at least. And he's still the envy of like every 20 so, year old man. This is a I cool a shot right here. I was at the Telluride Film Festival, and um, we were there for 12 Years a Slave. And Cool. Uh, he's one of the producers. Actually, he has a small role in the film as well. But uh, So we, we got front row, and then we see way off, and like literally we saw a silhouette of a guy, and I'm like, that's Brad Pitt. Like For some reason, even in a silhouette from 50 yards away, you can tell it's Brad Pitt. You knew it was. And yeah, it was. It was weird, yeah. So. And oh, that's he's so one of cool. Those that, the the air changes when he comes into the room for sure. I bet. Yeah. That's is it like when you see him in film where you're like, that's Brad Pitt. It's it's a movie star. Do you feel yeah. that way in real life? Um a little bit. It was a little bit and then you kind of get used to it because he actually they did a panel right after, so he was probably ten feet in front of me. Uh, oh that's cool. Hour, that's cool. So. Where was this was in California somewhere? Uh this is still oh Telluride or what you're like uh, No, the, the Telluride. Uh Telluride's in Color Telluride, Colorado. Oh, it's, oh, it's Colorado. Okay. So, oh, that's cool. And so, yeah, so this was a hotel court. So you can kind of see the building next to it had burnt down. And I've seen photos since. It looks like they're trying to, um, they've kind of remodeled these these rooms to kind of turn it into a, either a hotel or apartments again. This was an abandoned hotel when you went there. Yeah, as you can tell. All that oh, yeah. Not looking too good. Did you stay? Did you sleep in there? That was trip? my room. And I, I'm a... I was being very frugal. <laughs> this is a cool shot, though. You got it. Yeah. So, so every once in a while, you kind of run into some questionable areas, but I wanted to get the shots. And, and yeah. I don't think before this, a lot of people had been to these locations. This is pretty cool. Okay. That's your homework, listeners. Watch California. I have seen this film, though, a few times. It is a good movie. It is good. It's, it's uh, fun. It, Lewis is probably, I think her and Brad were dating at the time. If you, people oh, yeah. I do remember. Then. They were a couple, even though I think she was pretty young still. Yeah, I think she was, uh, she had to be like a late teenager, early 20s, right? I think so. Oh, and here's the, Here, the this is it. The final shot. So you can see the house has been changed a little bit, but um, pieces of it are, are still there. This is cool. You did a great job. There's Robert. Yep. If I'm with a buddy, I always have to get my picture taken in front of the house as, as proof. You have to do it. And I do like the shirt. For really good movies, we I, I reenact. Oh, and there's Juliet, of course. That's pretty cool. Looks like she's mid-sentence uh, talking about something. But. 
She's asking you what you guys are going to do for dinner that night, and you're saying, not not happening. I love it this creepy always- face in the back. That's a ghost. That person, that woman wasn't there when the photo was taken, by the way. <laughs> I've looked into it. I've checked the security footage of the shots from that Sundance. That was she the wasn't there. She died in yeah. 1980, actually. So that's, that's a I cool been, shot. Uh, yeah, so that, that grill is long gone. The hotel motel below that is long gone so yeah these are sometimes done. if i find stuff or just for other reference then i put kind of where they happen to be so. yeah that's pretty cool uh while we're doing the screen share i want to bring something to your attention right here listeners uh set visits by name if you're watching on roku or youtube uh check out the section on set-jitter.com uh you can see the list of robert's work here as you can see there's hundreds and hundreds of them friday the 13th um, Jason lives. You were in Georgia for this, I believe. Yeah. So actually, it was probably around the same trip, if I remember correctly. Was that was my next question? Did you guys did you do this in the same time? I think you, so. I you went to, the other reason I went to Georgia, I mean, on that other trip was for um, Nice Guys. Do you remember that movie with uh, yes. Ryan Gosling? So yeah, that all takes place in L.A. And of course, they shoot half of it in Atlanta because it's you cheaper. have to. <laughs> of course, let's save some bucks. But, um, yeah, I know this is your favorite shot. The uh... it is. I googled this place. I actually went to Google Maps. You, it's not even an address. It's near highway. So I, you have to look at. An, I'm not going to do it and bore the listeners or the watchers. But if you're listening, I'm looking at a still of Jason um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives. Robert was in this remote. You know, there's probably some good old boys down there that wouldn't <laughs> like your. Um, your girlfriend from Ecuador coming to visit them, and that's all I'm going to say about this part of the country. But you found it, my friend. You, I said it, not you. Well, other people found it, I think. But uh, I, well, I don't. I've, I haven't seen other pictures of this. I've seen the set dash jetter. But my question is, you were out in the middle of nowhere. I googled this place, Google Maps. I had to really look for it. You were really out there. Um, how did you find this shot? Because it's pretty cool, because it's just an abandoned building across from what looks like somebody's house. And the thing is, like, once you're there, you can drive. I think I almost drove right by it, because literally, unless you're kind of really, it just looks like any other kind of abandoned building that you would kind of drive by. Um, and yeah. And knew where it was. But, um, but yeah, and I think there was a farmhouse kind of across the street or kind of up the way a little bit. So um, but, It's my favorite shot. Yeah, so I do, and it's hard those those dark movies, and where it's like you can barely tell anything that they're barely there. So I kind of do my best to think kind of where the camera was at. So, but uh, this trip, yeah. I remember I did a lot of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two was shot in uh, in this area. Oh Hidden no way! Figures, uh, uh, I Which did one? Hidden Figures um, about hmm. the African American women working at NASA. Oh yeah, that was filmed here. That was filmed in Georgia. Yeah. Then it Georgia. actually the NASA was much more impressive than the real NASA in uh in Houston. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. That's um, cool though. But Dr. Sleeve was shot uh right there. Uh with the the shot you're kinda of looking at. So the the park is right by that. Oh yeah. Oh, did you like Doctor Sleep? I did. I did. I thought they kinda of So did, did I. Uh just right and it kept me interested enough. The camp, there you go. So the dock is still there. This is so cool. One of the trees is still there. Sorry, sorry for showing these without uh, prior notice. I just figured oh. uh, I didn't plan on it, but it's kind of like looking at—it's like watching a movie with somebody that was in the movie. 
looking at these with you. It's cool. So yeah, we could we could do that someday. Yeah, I kind of like that um, kind of roulette of like we'll kind of see where it lands, and that's the movie we'll yeah. talk about, good or bad. Because I do like I do like my I have my share of bad movies that I love. Blind Man's Bluff. Yeah, we'll pick them up. You you as far as what guilty pleasures sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think about like oh, Masters all. of the Universe, the 1987 oh. one, is a guilty pleasure of mine. That was something Whittier, right? Yeah, uh, Whittier. Um, <laughs> I think the the gymnasium was the same gymnasium as Slumber Party Massacre, the same cemetery as Halloween. Frank uh, Langella's finest role. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that they? And by the way, Dolph Lundgren, you couldn't have cast anybody more perfect as He Man yeah. in 1987 as him. And it is a fun movie. I like it. But uh, do you feel like the reason they filmed in Whittier was because of budget, budgetary reasons? Because really, they like why Whittier? Like, I don't know. They could shut downtown Whittier. Uh, they Pretty could shut easily. downtown down, and nobody would notice. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But it, but it is a fun movie, though, right? As bad as it is, I there's something, and I I, I think part of the reason I it, I have a place for it is because when I talked about when I was working in movie theater that was a movie playing so i just it was in my head oh, yeah. i would see it and and i still get excited with the canon logo you know canon films there's just nothing like oh them. yeah texas chainsaw 2 and then the uh, uh death wish bad sequels and you know i get nostalgic when i see uh orion pictures uh, logo you know those were so good how did they go under i mean silence the lambs i mean if dances with wolves that funded like the United States for a few months. How do you? How does that go under? I don't know, but um, but yeah, but Whittier it was also home to like Back to the Future, the school. Yeah, Disturbia was shot down there. Uh, and oh who, who yeah, knew that nine years later, Courtney Cox would be in screen. Did, didn't know. I, it's a fun movie though. It's a good. It's a fun ride. Um, I think. and Evil, I'm talking Evil, about... I love Evil Then in that movie. Yeah, Meg Foster. It's... Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's good. Also in, in Leviathan, but. It's like pro. Oh, nice. It's like Problem Child too. It's it's a fun ride, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> people, right? I've not done those locations. Other people have. So, it is funny that you see more and more of these kind of obviously non A list movies that people like myself are going after. You know, Problem Child three and right. Uh, what what's another one? Yeah, I don't know. They hold a place in your hearts. Yeah, somebody somebody has a special uh, <laughs> a affinity for Problem Child. Yeah, and and I do I love I do get emails. You know, like can you find the house and Girlfriend from Hell or something weird movies that I've never even heard of, and I go down that rabbit hole for sure. Do you take you take requests? I do. I love requests. Really, and I have to say for your listeners, I keep saying for sure, and I don't know why I keep saying that. That's my pause phrase for your your podcast oh it's because you're today. it's because you're a california native that's very big out here really for sure yeah, hey your car just got broken into for sure <laughs> hey i need a plasma transplant my kidney is dying and i need your match can you help me for sure sure but but you're not doing it <laughs> no but it's but it's, it's it's a california thing you're you're from out here what, what, what's I, the last request you've taken robert um i'd have to look um but i do i, I love requests and especially oh, if yeah. i can actually solve them and then, and sometimes it's a request from a, another peer set jetter uh, looking for something kind of random, you know, from the Brady Bunch or. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll go down, you know. And then 
if it is a peer to peer, I literally time myself. Let's let's see how fast we can figure this one out. You set yourself a time limit. I do. I was like, let's get this done. The thrill of the chase. Yeah, and because the, then I demand that I, I pretend and call them amateurs. But I have a request for you. Yeah. Down the line, at some point in your life, if you're in the area looking for something, anything from planes, trains, and automobiles. Gotcha. There's that's such a great. It's the best comedy of all time. And there's yeah. so many different filming locations. They film in California, upstate New York, Chicago. It's all over the place. They were all St. Louis. I feel like they don't do that anymore. That anymore they would might pick one or right. two cities at most to and pretend to make it. Right. Yeah, spaces. they don't do movies like The Godfather where they're filming in 30 locations. It's just too expensive. Can you imagine now uh, transporting oh. all those people around? It's crazy. That's why they're all filmed in Vancouver or Georgia. Or Omaha. I cannot wait to go to, back to Vancouver. It's a pretty city, I've heard. Beautiful, right? It is beautiful. It's just, it, it, it's nice, it's clean, it has the water, the mountains, and city, and, and some great films have been shot there. Everybody loves it. Um, I think I'm going to put tonight in the W column, if that's okay with you. All right. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Omaha Meats. Go ahead. I, I can't back that up. There's no. What is Omaha meat? Omaha steaks? Omaha is that steaks. a thing? Omaha steaks. Is that big where you are? Uh, yeah. And I think, I mean, I used to, so I worked, uh, I had worked, I had friends that worked at Omaha steaks, like on the call lines. And especially oh. during the holidays, you would get paid a lot. And I, I did inbound. And I remember uh, really? Ed McMahon called and I took his call one night. He was putting an order in for Omaha steaks. No way. To send out gifts. But... Wait, so he just called to place an order and you happen yeah. to answer the phone yeah, and i just happen to answer that whatever and and it sounded like him because i remember you know typing and then you'd ask for names or whatever and and it was him um i was just kind of weird really yeah did he did he order a lot of steaks he did I mean, he's ordering gifts i think and it was weird because you know it was it was still <laughs> telemarketing days and you still have to upsell like would you like to add you know an order of you know the cinnamon roll desserts <laughs> like did you upsell Ed McMahon? I can't remember if I did or not. I was not a good upseller. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I, with you. I did not excel at this job for sure, but it, it was extra money during the holidays. That yeah, yeah, yeah. The time you'd make ten dollars an hour, and like that was just that's so funny. Is that that's still that's still a business though, right? That's still oh, yeah. exists. So it's it's a big business where, and apparently there, I don't eat meat myself, but uh, but apparently their steaks are really yeah. good. I've never had them, but you hear about that a lot. That's you see that like here and there. Like that's yep. it's big. Yeah, and actually, uh, downsizing. That's where Matt Damon's character worked. Uh, was in is oh, Omaha Steaks. Really? Yeah, he was their uh, not chiropractor, but you know their massage therapist or orthopedic person or something like that. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, Omaha Steaks. Well, I I think that's cool that you Ed McMahon called. To order some steaks. What year was this? Was he? Because he's oh. he passed away. So this was. Oh yeah. So this is probably ninety three or something like that. Oh okay. He was That's still cool. Thing. People still knew who he was. You know. So you were just a little college baby at that point. Yeah. Well, I think I just graduated, and then yeah, first job, yeah. and you still need a second job just to buy laser discs. <laughs> I like that you you have a, such an affinity for laser discs in your heart. It's well, cool. Sincerely. Well, so at the time, that was the only time where you can have uh, 
Halloween widescreen. And the only time oh. where you could have uh, Aliens in the Abyss with the director's cut. And oh. it was the better quality than VHS. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And so, but I remember, so Halloween was Criterion Collection, and it was $100 for that disc. Oh, my now, gosh. $100 in 1993. I'm not sure what that equates to now. I'm sure it's like $150. Can you imagine spending $150? It's a lot. A Blu-ray? You would just yeah. That's a lot of money. But, um, I remember video games in the early 90s were $50, which is very expensive. So $100 for a disc, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Now I look at a Blu-ray and I'm like, $17.99? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's funny, though. Computers were very expensive back then. Yeah. You know? In the early 90s, the, the early 80s, they sold like TI-84 computers, which could do word processing and have uh, basic games like Pac-Man cartridges. Yeah. Those were like $1,500 back then, which was like six grand today for a computer. 32 megabyte memory. Right, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. It was so archaic. But it's funny, like, the, the price of things. Yeah. It's funny, too, video games, the price hasn't changed. They're still $60 today, and they were $60 back in 1990. Like, it's, it's crazy. I must have. That's, that's where I probably spent all my money. Now I look back, because I still have a, a couple crates of Laserdiscs that I must have spent a fortune on, on that. Makes sense, though. If you're a big film lover and you can only get a better quality and it's a director's cut, like you would, I could see myself spending the money. Yeah, I had to have it. So, and it was a revelation that Halloween Criterion was the first time it was officially released for the TV scenes as well that John Carpenter shot. Oh. So oh, a, then you have to get it as a true fan. Double bonus plus audio commentary with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Deborah Hill, and John Carpenter. Oh yeah, um, that's cool. So, so it was. Are those available on Blu-rays now? Extra? Now it is. Yeah, yeah. But do you have all the Halloween movies on Blu-ray or I do DVD or do you just? Um, yep, I have them all. Most of my DVDs, and I got the Blu-ray box set, and then actually just today, Halloween two and three Steelbooks. Oh, nice. Oh, Season of the Witch. Yeah, because uh, I don't have... Let me see the Season 3, or the Halloween 3. Oh, that's so cool. What's the back look like? The back is just plain right now. It's still wrapped up, so... um, It it came in a a lot of other things that I bought on eBay, and then I said, oh, I don't have these. I might as well. (laughs) Those are Blu-ray? Yeah, these are... Yeah, and I think... Actually, I don't think I have these because these were upgraded to... It's a 4K scan. It's not a 4K Blu-ray, but it's a 4K scan. So Yeah, it's I'll good enough. That's so funny. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned it. Like, yeah, I have them sitting right here. That, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, like what a coincidence. Season of the Witch is still the scariest entry in all of them, though, right? Those kids, Shamrock Corporation, it's all creepy. Um, the three masks. I might, I was thinking about because I had I bought the three masks. Masks, so I might be putting those on display. Yeah, you gotta. You have those? Yeah. Well, they did a re release of them uh, a few years ago. That I. You gotta do it. I bought them and put them in a box, just like I do with everything else. I, right, but at least you have them. You can always yeah. pull them out when you're ready. But you will be. So I've been talking about my basement and how it's kind of being redone so yes i think i'm gonna um my my bedroom and bathroom is going to be kind of bates motel again yeah yeah good good move i have a window well 
So I bought a vinyl banner that will go in the window well of the Bates house. So, you know, when Janet Lee looks out the window, she hears uh, Norman talking to his mother. So, oh, you got to do it. I'm recreating that a little bit. And already got the Bates Motel shower curtain ready to go. Is that a project to do that? Or for you, is it pretty easy? Um, it, that was pretty, like, I just printed it, and then uh, I was going to, uh, I already talked to the, the contractor working, I'm like, um, I need this vinyl banner put up, and it, it is funny kind of talking to them, because I'm sure they deal with all sorts of things, and I said, you know, all oh, the yeah. doors need to yeah. you know, look like this, except, I said, except this closet door needs to be exactly this kind, because it's going to be a shining door, so I can put red rum uh, in the middle of you it. You gotta do it. Yeah, yeah. and they're just like, all right, like... <laughs> Yeah, why not? Like, it's just a job for them. Probably makes sense. The window well, though, that they're 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 putting that on, or you are. Yeah. So I, I told them I ordered I ordered the vinyl and actually kind of came uh, just a couple of days ago. So I said I was trying to explain to them. I'm like, so I need you to bolt this in. I'm like, all right. Like, <laughs> I like that you do these this stuff. Like, you care. You put like time into it to make it authentic and fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, part of the reason for redoing, uh, you know, kind of creating this kind of basement area is to kind of display some of these props and posters and different things that are just... You there. should. You you do have an archive of a lot of stuff that is film museum worthy, you know, like actual film props that are in that film that you could watch tonight and you would see that and you could hold it in your hand at the same time and be like, wow, that's that. So they should be given the respect they deserve and you've acquired these, which is really cool. You know, you should be able to like curate them and see them when you want, which is, which is pretty interesting that you have some of that stuff. Yeah, I could have a whole H two O shelves of different. You products. should, yeah, it's so cool. I think too, you should get, and I'm saying you should, like it's that easy, but you should put a projector screen, uh, f- screen and a projecting booth down there, and make it like a movie room kind of thing. So it, yeah, there there will be a movie room, and I'm going back. I don't think I'm gonna do projector. But I am looking at a not a true projector. Yeah, but I am looking at a probably eighty six inch screen to. Yeah, there you go. That's down there. a guy like you needs an eighty six inch screen to like watch Darby O'Gill. Really enjoy people. the movie. Yeah, right. That's the what you should do. Yeah, because you you're the set jetter. You deserve it. That's what we're gonna do. Uh, that's gonna be our time for today. I want to thank Robert Patterson, the set jetter, for coming back on for Set Jetter Saturdays. Check out his website at set-jetter.com on Instagram at setjetter. You're not on Twitter yet, but I have been searching for you, so I'm waiting. Oh, yeah. Waiting That'll be tonight. my more homework, too. So. And right, send, I know send, you're... Send your, have, send your requests, then, if there's some location or, or thing that we want to talk about. Yes. Send in your requests. Uh, tweet us at the underscore podcastle or email Robert. Uh, go to his website, set-jetter.com, or get him on Instagram. I would like to hear some requests of film um, location requests as well. I think that'd be really cool to see the process of how you do it. Yeah, or not I, or non-requests. Like, please stop talking about Halloween. <laughs> I said no one ever because it's great. Uh, Robert, thank you for being on the show. It's always, always a pleasure to, to see you. you. We'll see you next time, uh, next week, maybe if you're around, yeah. and we will do you know more. Uh, more discussions and more blind man bluffs of picking a of a uh, film and, and doing a screen share for the, the viewers. I think that'd that be pretty sounds, cool. That sounds fun. 
Robert Patterson, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Good night and Godspeed, everybody.